One of the worst experiences I've had in my life was when I got pooped on by a three-legged cow while wearing sandals. In hindsight, at least it wasn't an elephant and none of it got in my mouth. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hey everyone, it's Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. I can certainly say that my cow experience was not very pleasant, but I even had one worse. As a kid, I had a stupid seagull decide to poop in my mouth when I was chewing a piece of gum. Absolute nightmare. Went home, had mouthwash in my mouth for probably 45 minutes, three different times, brushed my teeth at least five times. Whole process took about three hours before I left the house or even actually the bathroom itself. But of course, that's just one story and a brief one. Today, it's all about the stories again. I had a lot of fun talking about stuff earlier, I believe it was episode 4, when I went over a few stories, and I figured, you know what, that was so much fun, I think I'll do it again. Fortunately enough, the stories that all of us had to share as a human race from 2020 aren't part of this particular episode. I did that last week talking about some good and bad things that happened. Overall, I believe that the good balanced out the bad. So realistically, even those small good things that happened compared to all the nightmares that were going on, I truly believe that that was able to outweigh the bad in the long run. If you don't think of life like that, Life's not worth living. You have to have that sort of mentality that as much positive as going on can actually fight off all the negative. And so, enough of that. Gonna put our focus on different stories today. More interesting things that have happened in my life. All of them unfortunately true. And I can certainly say that not that I'm embarrassed about any of these particular stories because... There's really nothing to be embarrassed about. When I think about it, it's more like, hmm. Some of those instances were slightly regrettable, but what are you going to do? I don't have a time machine. Can't go back, can't relive them, can't change the things. And even if I had the opportunity to do so, my theory is, if I did go back, those situations would have all ended up worse. And who could possibly want that to happen? That's what makes life interesting. Seeing what could have happened and speculating it. Being that sort of Monday morning quarterback. But of course, at the same time, you got to remember that Monday morning quarterback's not going to get sacked. He'll be just fine, sitting on his couch, relaxed. So... As I move forward with this show, I can't believe that most of the summer is just about gone. I think that we're about the midpoint here, and in my opinion, once June 21st shows up, it's as good as it gets. You're looking at the entire summer, but unfortunately, once June 21st passes... Now the summer is already starting to go ooh-hoo-hoo, depressing, depressing, depressing. But that's okay. 
had a blast so far enjoying what's going on i just love the weather it's absolutely great sun heat this is the kind of stuff i like living in the northeast my entire life the one thing that i used to like was the cold weather used to wear shorts all year long when i was in my 20s of course that was 20 years ago and quite literally now if i even see one flake of snow I'm ready to go get a flamethrower and burn it all up. Because I don't even want to think about the idea of snow. Worst story about snow to me was the fact that one year I was watching the Detroit Lions playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And I was watching and watching and watching and watching and watching. Saw that snow just piling up. And I was just laughing and laughing and laughing at the people who were out in the stands. All the while, I let my guard down and realized that, you know what? This game isn't being played in Detroit inside the Dome. It's actually be playing here in Philadelphia, where I live. And that means I have to go shovel, like right now. Craziness. Okay, it's once again time for the main event of the lit. I'm about to go over a few stories that I actually thought about literally on episode four, but I figured I knew I didn't have enough time to tell all these stories in one episode. For if no other reason, it allows me to have content for future episodes, which is why this is probably not going to be the last time you hear story episode. Hopefully it doesn't bore you. But at the very least, if it does put you to sleep, Listen to the podcast right before you go to bed. It's a win-win for everybody. I get another play. You all get a nice, relaxing, calming way to fall asleep. But I don't think that's going to happen, at least this week anyway. So, let me begin with... hmm, I think I'll go with something like... Ah, this one will be where I'm going to start. Here I go, working at a chain auto shop. At this point in time, I had been there about a year. And overall, been working in shops for about two years, two and a half years. And you know what they say. Over time, you start to see a lot of weird things here and there. And customers will bring you all manner of things. You'll see a vehicle come in, and it'll have something bizarre, like the customer like, I can't start my car, can't figure out what's going on. And then you tap the gas gauge, and you realize that the person just ran out of gas. Other times, you'll say, oh my goodness, I lost my keys in my car, can you help me? somebody off in the parking lot you go down there and you go and you find the person's car and they show you where it is and next thing you know you look on the ground and there's the keys where they just dropped them and they didn't realize they had done so stuff like that happens from time to time but this particular story has nothing to do with anything hmm, mechanical or i should say it's more like hmm It's a noise that somebody heard. Person drives their vehicle up, 
walks into the store, goes up to the service writer and says, Sir, I'm having a really weird issue. I don't know what it is. I was driving on 95, doing about 75 miles an hour. Got off 95. Once I got off on my exit, I drove a little while. I felt a bump. And then from that point on, all I could hear was a terrible sound didn't know what it was. It felt like I must have done some damage to the undercar carriage of my vehicle. So I just drove it for a little while longer and the noise just kept going. It started getting louder. And so the only thing I could do was take it to the shop because I don't want anything seriously bad to be going along with my car. At the very least, I need to know if it is that bad, should I go and get it fixed. Can I fix it? Can I afford it? Or should I even just get rid of the car depending on what it is? So, service rider writes up the ticket. Looked it over, said, okay, everything's good. Signed here on the dotted line. Let me see your keys. Put the keys in the pouch. Put the pouch on one of the hooks. Here we go. One of the younger people who are working with me, an installer, that's a person who simply does oil changes, changes tires and changes batteries. They figured they would let him take a look at it first, see what he could see. And while it was in the shop, if he couldn't figure it out, they were going to let somebody else have a look at it. So he brings the car in, sets it up, puts it on the lift, lifts it all the way up. You hear two or three clicks as the car is starting to rise. Nobody's really paying much attention. Click, 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 click. Car is all the way at the top. Well, not all the way at the top, midway. First instinct is to check for steering and suspension components. Maybe he broke a tie rod end or an axle popped out and that's what he was hearing. So essentially, the tech takes his hands, puts them around the tire and shakes the tire make sure that it's all tight, looks at the, pull out a flashlight, took a look at the axle, axle was fine. So he continued about his business, picked the car up all the rest of the way. Right then, he discovered what the noise was. Couldn't believe what he saw. Turned around, grabbed me, I took a look, Pretty much my jaw hit the floor. We went out to the front, both of us, grabbed the service writer, didn't tell him what the deal was, but we showed him it. After that, he freaked out a little bit. And then we grabbed the customer. Come on, sir, we found what the noise was. And the guy stood up and he was like, is it bad? And the service writer told him, well, from a certain point of view, it is kind of bad. But for your benefit, we're not going to charge you to fix what's wrong. And you're going to be able to get out of here. And he was like, okay, at least not to pay anything. Come on out and look and we'll show you what it is. The gentleman goes out there. It's underneath his car. 
and he sees what we had been staring at for a couple minutes before we got him. In the back of his car, on the passenger side rear area, just outside the tire, inside the rear, there it was. A cat. Yeah, a cat. At one point, a living, breathing cat was caught inside this gentleman's undercarriage and unfortunately had passed away. But what happened was the guy, when he got off of the exit, apparently the first thing he did was he hit the cat. And the cat got caught underneath the vehicle, but he got hung up inside there. So he was just dangling inside. And the noise that the poor guy was hearing was the cat's body bouncing up and down underneath the car, hitting the trunk. What a nightmare. Whew. All I can say is at least it wasn't my job, so I didn't have to pull the cat out of the guy's car. Unfortunately, he didn't quite come in one piece. It was a little bit of a mess. Story number two. Since we're in the process of talking about things that were actually a bit of a mess, this next one is one that could have got me in a huge mess. Thank God it didn't turn out as bad as it could have. Not that it turned out great, but my Lord, it was definitely not good. Here I go in my native land of New Jersey, cruising down the road in one of my favorite vehicles of all time that I owned, my 87 Luxury Sport Monte Carlo with a 350 engine and the four-barrel carburetor that I used to race up and down 37 and 539. Just magnificent vehicle. Eventually, I'm going to end up telling you stories about that vehicle because it was one of my favorites. And there's plenty of stories to tell you about that. Of course, I'm not going to get into too many of them. And today, it's not about my money. It's about what happened while I was driving on this particular day. Here I was, doing what I do all the time. I was actually off that day, cruising down the road in my Monte Carlo, not going overly fast probably 55 on a 50 on Route 37 heading east. I was going to see my grandmother and then after I was finished seeing her, I was going to go over to Seaside, grab a couple slices of pizza, hang out for a while, and then probably just either go back home or run over to my cousin's house in Barnegat. Because that's pretty much what I did all my days off back then. So, as I'm cruising down the road, I'm literally the halfway point of Route 37. Here's a gas station on my right side. And at this point, traffic starts to get a little bit congested. Because once you start getting closer to Seaside, even once you get to the middle, things start slowing down. And the whole area gets a little bit more congested. And I looked to my right, and I saw the gas station, and I saw a guy on a bike riding his bike, and it was so congested that he probably ended up maybe the equivalent of 
two, three city blocks in front of me. Light changed. Traffic kept moving. He was still in front of me for a while. Drove that two or three city blocks, give or take, and I could see the guy. He was still there, but now he was stopped at a light, because now the light had just turned red as well. Now, mind you, I was in a position where I was just watching the traffic, because I was looking at the clock, thinking to myself, okay, as long as I get to my grandmother's house by, I believe it was 10.30, by the time I got to the seaside, everything would be starting to move around a little bit more. And I'm still looking at this guy on a bike, because on 37, few and far between, you see people on a bike or walking down that road. That's just the way it was, and is to this day. Every once in a while you'll see it, but not too many in concentration. And here's this guy at the light, on his bike, about ready to take off again. Light changes, things are a little bit slow. Now, 37 in the area where I was at is three lanes, and he's all the way on the shoulder, and I'm actually in the, the lane closest to the shoulder. When the light turns green, I start driving. He's still going, but it's we're at a moderate pace. We're pretty much side by side because it's, the congestion is just that heavy at the moment. Get to the next light, and there's another gas station there. Now there's a person behind me, a lady, who's driving this big old Ford Bronco. And I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but it's... Absolute truth, it was a white Bronco. <laughs> yeah, OJ, white Ford Bronco. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you have to understand that when this is happening, it had only been a few years since OJ. I believe it was 99 when this had happened. And so this person in the white Ford Bronco behind me decided that, well, they're going to make a right into the gas station. It's a good idea. And so they just moved over to the side where this guy had already been moving as the light turned green. And she goes forward, gets ready to make her turn. And the only sound you hear is a cracking. It's probably the equivalent of maybe taking a tree branch and just snapping it guy flies off his bike after she hit him on his left leg and of course that's the sound that I heard was his leg literally breaking the next sound that I heard was me hitting my brakes as hard as possible because after she hit him he rolled into the street directly in front of me so, quite literally, she was trying to make me her tag team partner and finishing this poor guy off with a doomsday device. She picked him up on her shoulders, and I'm the one giving him the clothesline. And I'm like, no, 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 Just to let you know, before I go any further, that's a reference to wrestling. Legion of Doom, Road Warriors, doomsday device. But, in truth, after he hit the ground leg broken I just hit the brakes in time to not kill him absolute truth always drives me nuts 
lady didn't pay any attention to him. And she almost cost him his life and possibly me mine for killing him. <laughs> Fortunately, that situation worked out for both of us a little bit. Because I was able to then move away and continue down the road. She, fortunately, who hit him, stayed and actually filled out the police report. And I wish I knew what happened to her from that point on. But I can only imagine that for that poor guy on the bike, it was off to the hospital. Have surgery on his leg to get repaired. Months of physical therapy and hopefully a gigantic insurance check. He deserved it. Hindsight being 2020, looking back at the situation, I wish I had stayed because had I done so, I could have really been a little bit better of a witness for him and maybe made an extra zero on the end of that check. He would have definitely deserved it and thinking back on it, I probably should have done it just because what happened to him was totally not right. Final story. This one we're going to end on a little bit of a lighter note. And I think that after giving you that grisly picture of a dead cat and a wounded person, this is a little lighter and maybe it'll get you to crack a smile. Because at the time, I certainly wasn't smiling. But thinking about it now, it's certainly noteworthy to consider the fact that I can make the formal announcement that I went to the worst barbecue ever. And I mean ever. Let me set the stage. Typically speaking, there are two kinds of barbecues. Two. There's the barbecue where the host cooks everything, makes a big spread, tells you to bring nothing unless you absolutely feel like it, not necessary, I got everything covered, all the food, all the desserts, all the drinks, everything you can have, all the food you want to eat. The only thing I require is that you show up. Quite normally and typically that's the kind of barbecue that... Me and my wife usually do. We like to keep it like that. We want people when they come to our house for a barbecue to actually be guests. And if they suggest that they want to bring something, we give them the green light. Go ahead. Bring it if you like. It's not a requirement. Don't feel obligated. That's just the way we do it. Then there's barbecue type number two, which is equally as good. Not the particular style that we use. But I'm not going to say that it's bad at all. It's the potluck style barbecue. Where generally speaking, the host says, I've got the meats covered. I will get you, usually those people who have barbecues like that will say, I'm going to set up the grill. I'm going to have hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, whatever meat they're going to have. I will provide all the buns. I will provide all the drinks. I got that covered. But I would certainly 
would like to enhance the barbecue by having other people bring in other things that they would like to bring and allow you to do so so that you can enhance the barbecue so that we can focus on the grill and you can bring all the sides people will bring salads they'll bring chips they'll bring other drinks that they want they'll bring fruit trays you name it you know how that game is played they'll bring all the sides when the hosts will usually bring the main menu and that's always a good time as well because sometimes people will bring stuff that they are quote-unquote famous for making like you never know who's gonna bring that macaroni salad that everyone wants somebody's gonna make that pie mm-hmm yeah I did say that somebody's gonna make the pie that everybody covets I'm not saying that my apple pies are the best which they actually are but that's style number two of barbecue this particular friend of my wife's or i should say former friend of my wife's decided to come up with a third style of barbecue a barbecue all of her own her and her husband came up with this idea and they thought it was a good one they said all right we got a grill we got a backyard what we're providing you with is a place to cook and a place to eat you bring the rest yeah you bring the rest meaning that all the guests were supposed to supply all the food if you wanted hot dogs which is what I wanted. Just so happens that I bought two packs of hot dogs with me. Did anybody else bring any hot dogs? No. Because they would just have assumed that, well, if you have the grill, that perhaps you're gonna maybe splurge on a couple Oscar Myers. No. 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 That was not the case. Did they have any hamburgers at the barbecue? Nope. Not a single hamburger. Why is that? Nobody brought any hamburgers. So guess what? There weren't any hamburgers on the grill. Did anybody have any corn, butter, and salt? Mm-mm. No. Nobody bought any corn. This was absolutely miserable. Did somebody want chips? Yeah, my wife wanted chips. She actually bought a bag of Doritos. One bag of Doritos. And her friend just sort of assumed that, oh, okay, we're going to share this bag of Doritos. Are you kidding me? One bag of Doritos. Don't get me started on the fact that there were probably, I don't even know how many people were starting to come, and there was literally no food. My wife's friend was thirsty at the time, and he was like, you know what, I, I could really use something to drink. Wouldn't you know that the host said, oh, we got some tap water for you. Not even boiled water, just tap water. Go turn on the sink, there you go. You might as well just say, here's the toilet, I just flushed it, have some. <sighs> Fortunately, that particular friend decided to bring three quarts of water ice. And let me tell you how that water ice was literally the only flavor 
drink that there was after it was melted. There was nothing else. You either had sink water, toilet water, or nothing if you didn't drink, if you didn't eat the water ice. This barbecue was so bad that by the time people started showing up and started realizing that there was literally nothing except for what they brought, or if they didn't bring anything, there was nothing at all, that somebody actually ordered two pizzas for the barbecue. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I am not offended anytime somebody wants to order pizza. I would prefer it, but this is supposed to be a barbecue, and there was no one cooking anything other than the three packs of hot dogs that I made. I can't even understand it. And we even gave them a template, which made it even worse. The next week, or a few weeks before that, we actually showed them what a barbecue was supposed to be. We had selected one of those two types. Like I said, we preferred to actually make a whole lot of food and have everybody not do anything. And so I pretty much was on the grill for about six hours making hot dogs, hamburgers, three different kinds of chicken. Um, I believe I had hot sausages, sweet sausages. We had, my wife had made some seafood salad and potato salad. I made a couple of pies. It was definitely a turn for the better. When this particular friend showed up, she was absolutely floored by the fact that all this food was here. She was like, oh my goodness, you have this whole feast. It's a barbecue. You're supposed to have food. That's the idea. Even if you don't make it all, at least give people a heads up that you're going to make the main stuff. But no, there was literally nothing there that wasn't brought that people weren't reminded to bring. And had they not thought about bringing certain things, there wouldn't be anything at all. So quite literally, this was the single worst barbecue that has ever happened. Ever. It was the worst. I mean, I, it was the worst. I always think about this barbecue back and forth in my mind. And you know how people say that they have templates set up so they can do things in a successful manner. In fact, I have a sketch that I like to use. If you hadn't already noticed from listening to my show, I have a template on how I like to set my show up. Typically speaking, you usually have your barbecue format the same way. You know what you want to make. You know what you want to bring. You know what kind of drinks you want to have. You know who you want to have over. These people actually were on the phone calling a couple of people over to come over to the barbecue in the middle of actually having the barbecue that they didn't tell before. You didn't even tell all the people that you were having the barbecue. Which you really didn't. It was just... I can't even call it even to get together because you literally had people already over and you called other people to tell them to come over at the same time. <sighs> I only would hope that her friend looked at the lessons that we tried to teach him when we showed him our barbecue. The thing was, we weren't trying to do it to show them up. It was just what we were going to do. And 
as a side effect, I would only hope that maybe they would realize, oh, okay, um, maybe we should do this a little differently. And hopefully, which I highly doubt any of that information could possibly have rubbed off on them and actually come up with an idea to have a good barbecue for some of the people that they consider friends now because fortunately for us we wouldn't be going to a barbecue over their house for anything in the world even if the entire amount of money that would occupy the the gross domestic product of four of the top ten nations in the world were handed to me and say, okay, you've got to go to this person's barbecue and we will give you all of this. Mm -mm. No. 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 I know the million dollar man says all the time everybody's got a price. But trust me, this is the one time that I'm going to actually say, Mr. DiBiase, there is no price that you could possibly pay that would get me to go to this barbecue. Because this person doesn't know what they're doing and it would literally be a part two to the worst movie ever made and that movie would be entitled the worst barbecue ever on that note i'm gonna proudly ring the bell and end this particular segment i can't think of another thing to say about that story that could make it any worse than it already is because quite literally it can't get any worse it can't. The only way that it would be worse is if Satan himself was the person who orchestrated the barbecue. It's the only possible way. And in some ways, I'm pretty sure that that's probably what happened. I have a lot of passion for the Spear of the Week this week. It's summer. It's hot. Grass grows after it rains heavily. And so here I am, with my first world problems, mowing my 10,000 square foot lawn. Let me tell you how it's extremely difficult and it's hot pushing that mower and getting grass all over yourself and just sweating like a pig. And thus, the person who's going to get the spear of the week. Wouldn't you know? Ten minutes after I had just got done toiling with this giant lawn, which again, like I said, it's a first world problem, and I'm extremely glad to have it. There's a lot worse things that could happen. But still, dude drives by, and he's got an entire truck full of mowing equipment because he's got a business and I just finished just finished and here he goes driving by in his truck with his big riding lawnmower his three gas trimmers and the two guys who are with him inside the truck and here I am doing all this work brother I want to pull you out of the van, the truck that you're in right now, spear you, take your riding lawnmower, and then go about my business. 
that guy, who just so happened to drive by just as I was finished mowing my lawn, is the person who gets the spear of the week. I truly hope you were entertained by the stories that I told you this week. Just talking about them made me think back at a time that was definitely different in what I like to call my young, dumb days for the most part. And makes you really think about some of the stuff and how things could have turned out a little differently from time to time. I found it fun for me personally. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed telling them. If you did, considering that it's summertime right now, send me a picture to my Twitter or to my Instagram. Twitter, at pissed. Phil with two L's, Instagram, Philip Henderson, 5102. I'll greatly appreciate all the pics of any good barbecues you've actually been to. Hopefully you don't send me any pictures of dead animals or broken bodies. That's not what I'm actually interested in. Um, to give you a long story short, next week, I'm going to be going over vacations, considering the fact that I just mowed the lawn, broke my back, sweated, perhaps it's time to take it easy a little bit. Not that I'm going to go vacation on the podcast, but I'm going to talk about vacations in general from my perspective. Two things that you need to know about me. Number one. I think that I have a lot of things I hate about vacation. Yeah, I hate some stuff about vacations. But at the same time, there's a few things I'm going to sneak in there that I actually like. Probably more on the hate than the like. But again, like I said before, usually the positive outweighs the negative. And in this case, I'm going to let you be the judge. But now, for some words of wisdom. Let's say you're in an office at a job that you've been working at for a while, and your overzealous, over-cheerful boss comes up to you and says, that's the spirit, follow your dreams. What I need you to do is look at that guy or girl directly in the eye and say, It looks like you are following your dreams, too. Unfortunately, it also looks like you woke up. On that note, I hope you have a pleasant day and that my stories didn't put you to sleep. My name is Phil, and this is The Lib.